Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. My guest today is Oliver Gray with New York Life. Thanks for joining me. No problem. Don't forget OG, the Magic Johnson of Insurance. (laughs) Okay. Today we're going to be talking about life insurance, the versatility of it, the misconceptions about it, and the opportunity it provides when utilizing life insurance as a tool for financial planning, especially when it comes to protecting your home, which for most is their largest investment. I would agree. And I want to give a special disclaimer before we go on with the rest of this podcast that we are not providing financial advice, Mm -mm. but more education as to um, what life insurance is all about. Correct. Because... um, Not trying to sell policies. That's right. I... This episode is important to me because financial literacy is something that is... I hold very special to my heart because I didn't grow up with a good foundation of what financial literacy is, how to be um, fiscally responsible, and got into a lot of debt as a college student. That that was a lot of pressure I put on myself um, that could have been prevented pretty easily. So any way I can educate people or, you know, you look at the numbers um, of consumer debt in our country mm. and just financial debt across the nation, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are hurting financially. And if we can share this education and, and give people an opportunity to reverse that trend or to set themselves up for a good retirement, mm-hmm. um, I, I would love to be able to do that. I'm part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm the Magic Johnson of insurance. Yeah. Always so trying to assist. How did you get involved in insurance? <clears throat> well, it's funny. I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I don't think I mentioned this to you. When I was 17, my father was 36 and died on the morning of my senior prom. Oh, wow. He had no life insurance. Mm -hmm. So I had to scramble to get money to go to school, student loans, and I graduated from college with $20,000 in debt. Mm -hmm. That could have been avoided if you had life insurance. And then on the other side, I was able to move from Philadelphia to Florida when I was married. My wife at the time, her aunt died. And left us $100,000. Oh, wow. So we were able to purchase a beautiful home in Orlando. Mm -hmm. uh, And we were able to set up college funds for our two kids. I still never thought I would be doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So it was ironic (laughs) that we were talking about this. Yeah, how insurance um, was almost a setback as a young man, mm-hmm. but then was a propeller mm-hmm. later on when you were married from <laughs> yes. a relative. Yes, and it's funny how things play out in life. Yeah. So I'm doing this for a reason. Mm-hmm. But my foray into it um, really came to play uh, when I left, uh, I was a ticket sales rep for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. <laughs> so we both have a, a background in, in sports. sports. Yes, I sold tickets. And I had my insurance license for a couple of years before, and I was doing it part-time for a good friend of mine who um, owned a state farm agency in Orlando. And she kept, like, priding me. Oh, gee, you need to do this full-time. You know, you have some, you know, you have, you have stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you can connect with people. You can make an impact on people's lives. 
And I thought about it every December. I used to go to the beach and think about, okay, am I going really going to take this insurance thing serious? I still want to work for the Bucks. And I remember, Nicole, the very first day when I went to insurance school, it was an older professor who whipped out his license. He says, this license has the ability to change your life. So I thought about it in December of 2013, 2014. And Lovey Smith had just got hired from the Bucks. Mm -hmm. Who's now coaching at my alma mater, the yeah. University of Illinois. Bingo, see, see. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just took a leap of faith because I didn't want to, I was tired of working with somebody else the rest mm -hmm. of my life. So good, well, not a, well, he's my good friend now. But he had came from Orlando to Tampa to open up an office specializing in mortgage protection insurance, where people bought new homes, they either refinanced or took out a home equity, and they were looking for a way to, to keep the home in a family if something happens. So that was my first foray into the life insurance industry from people purchasing brand new homes. But it was... Um packaged as mortgage protection insurance. Correct. Which essentially was just a life insurance policy. Correct. But some people, the, the stigma or the misconception about life insurance, they didn't feel, feel they needed it. Correct. Because what, what were some things that you were hearing as well, to why they didn't need insurance? Well, you just said it. I mean, if you sat down with somebody and said, hey, I want to talk to you about life insurance. Ah, it's like you're throwing a dagger at them. <laughs> so it's a hard conversation just to come out with, I want to talk to you about life insurance. But when you buy a home and you receive a letter saying, hey, would you like to keep your home and your family if something happens to you? That gets you to think, I just bought a new home. So it's emotional. It's more emotional. It's more emotional. So that gets people to inquire about mortgage protection insurance. Hey. I got this letter. I want to keep my home and a family. If something happens, can you come out and talk to me about it? So um, how can a life insurance policy protect a family in the case of the, the primary breadwinner dying mm -hmm. prematurely? Well, you know what? I want to piggyback on something you just talked about or mentioned. When you buy a home and you, know, you get a letter in the mail, once again, it's emotional. And somebody sits down with you and they tell you, hey, there's nothing but life insurance. And the immediate response is, I have life insurance. I didn't know, I thought this was about protecting the home. And when you break down what it actually does, it's a life insurance policy. And ma'am or sir, can you show me how much life insurance you have? And when they see, okay, I have X amount of insurance, life insurance, if something happens to me, I just bought a new home, this is the mortgage, then they realize, wow, I'm glad I'm sitting down talking to you. They realize that they don't have enough life insurance. Mm -hmm. So without us promoting it as mortgage protection insurance, people will have not a hard time. They would be more reluctant to sit down and talk to you. So I just want to bring it up about, you know, people, you know, when they hear life insurance as opposed to mortgage protection insurance. Yeah. Well, I think a couple of things when you say that. One is life insurance conjures up people thinking about dying mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't want to go there mm -hmm. you know a lot a that's lot of number people one think that we're invincible or you <laughs> know I, I have a lot of years left mm -hmm. but no day is no day is promised mm -hmm. and um the other thing is um a misconception or just lack of knowledge about um 
how much life insurance do you have? And if you were to die tomorrow, could it cover those assets? Mm -hmm. Because I recently, um, well, within the last year, earned a certified probate real estate specialist designation. And, um, you know, I have to be honest, I didn't know a lot about probate prior to that, Mm -hmm. but I was working with a customer whose sister passed away and the the home was going through probate. And so I thought that I would get the knowledge so that I could better assist them, you know, with selling that property. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people don't realize is even if you have a will, that doesn't negate you from having to go through probate. Correct. And that if the breadwinner dies Mm -hmm. and you're grieving that person's loss, you're also responsible for paying off the debts of the estate. That's correct. And so if you're not properly insured, your family's going to have to come up with that money Mm -hmm. or you may be dealing with the person's death and going through foreclosure Mm -hmm. at the same time. Not a a, a good situation. Correct. No doubt, no doubt. Correct. Good point. So, um, what is the difference between whole life or cash value insurance mm-hmm. and term life insurance? Well, term life insurance is the the traditional life insurance where it pays a death benefit. Now, it has evolved since its inception because now, if you have a chronic illness or a critical illness, most reputable life insurance companies will give you access to the monies, okay. like up to like ninety percent to be able to find maybe some better medicine. Or if you know you have a limited amount of time left, you can you know go on those special trips with your families. So term life insurance does provide some valuable benefits. It just depends on the company who is offering that term policy and what other things come along with it. And what would be some examples of the critical illness with cancer? Yes. There you go. Multiple sclerosis. Anything terminal. Okay. There you go. There you go. Or chronic. Okay. Or chronic. So Uh, that's, you know, so term does have some dynamite features with it. mm -hmm. It just depends on the company that's offering it. And it's typically more cost effective. It's less expensive. Correct. There you go. Um, What are some advantages of a cash value? Well, a cash value life insurance policy is a little bit more advanced, but the number one feature of a cash value is that, once again, you want to deal with a reputable company. (laughs) You probably want to deal with a mutual company where the insurance company is owned by the policyholders because those type of companies, their focus, their management and directives is built on bringing value to the policyholders. So you probably want to look at a mutual company. Uh, Most importantly, the, the thing about cash value life insurance is that you have access to to monies in your policy while you're living that is not taxed. You don't have to be ported to the government. So it provides a different alternative uh, when it comes to retirement, other things that you can do with the money without having the government saying, give me my little share. Mm -hmm. And once again, it's still a life insurance policy. So ultimately it will leave a death benefit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we'll take a step back when you were talking about the type of ownership of the company that you're getting the policy from. Mm-hmm. You have um, mutual companies where you said that um, the policyholders own the products, mm-hmm. and then you have a stock company where shareholders own the company. Own the company. Correct. So um, what is the biggest difference between those two? 
Well, it's the direction of the management, the management's objectives, of course, with a stock company. And there's nothing wrong with a stock company, but their objectives, business-wise, is to bring value to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. That's nothing wrong with that. So, in other words, to make money for their investors. Correct. Whereas the mutual company... Bingo, their directives is to prevent uh, provide value to the policyholders and to share the profits with the policyholders. <laughs> so there you go. So that's key. All right. That's key. So a strategy of sort of a win-win could be owning a policy with a, with mutual. a company that is a mutual company, mm-hmm. but then owning stocks in an insurance company that's a stock company. There you go. Can't go wrong. I like their <laughs> philosophy. And once again, there's nothing wrong with the stock company, right. but just understand how the business is played out. Right. And you make the best decision for you. Again, it's all about information Correct. and being informed. Correct. But I strongly believe in this industry, dealing with what we deal with, families, businesses, you want to probably be with a mutual company. Mm-hmm. They're, they're normally the strongest financially. Great. Um, who is the best candidate for a cash value policy? That varies. Long-term wealth in your family, I would say uh, infant. In your 20s, it should be part of your retirement plan as far as to go along with your 401k, your IRA, your mutual funds. Also business owners. Uh, Walt Disney uh, helped expand his empire by using cash value life insurance policy when nobody else would give him the money. Walt Disney took a step back, realized he had some monies in his uh, cash value policies. Business owners, without a doubt. So there are scenarios where people provide a, a whole life policy for a child, a newborn child? Correct. To help that child have a financial future 20, 30 years down the line. And then is there any... Um, parameters as to when the child could access the funds? Well, remember, when you buy a policy for a child at their age, they're just the insured. Mm -hmm. So what normally happens is once the child is an adult, it's up to the parent, the grandparent, to sign over ownership of the policy to the insured. Then they have ownership of the policy. They're free to do whatever they want. So that's also a great way that they could pay for their college education, correct? Hello. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that those parents who have policies since their kids were born probably have other financial things in place too because they're savvy. Sure. There you go. Sure. But I'm just thinking if you have like an educational savings plan versus a whole life policy, which might be more economical. I would say a life insurance policy. Right. Because over the course of the years, while that kid is going to first kindergarten, first, second, third, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. By the time they hit college, if that policy has been funded correctly, they could take money out the policy to help pay for the kids' college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, A lot of versatile uses. So one of the criticisms um, of, of cash value is that you pay twice. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, that's a a misconception. I'm not going to say misconception, but once again, it comes down to the company who's offering the product. With the cash value life insurance policy, some of what you pay goes towards the death benefit. Some of what you pay goes towards a separate account where the insurance company takes that, invests it in whatever they do, 
and that grows your cash. Now with a mutual company, most mutual companies will contribute some of their profits to your policy. So that's another way to have your policy grow. So once again, it comes down to making sure you find out what company and what are the parameters, what are the certain charges with the cash value policy, there are fees. So you have to do your research and deal with a reputable insurance agent. Mm -hmm. That's it. And um, what is the typical or average ROI on policy? Industry-wise, well, I would say 5% net net interest growth, mm-hmm. which is not bad. No, especially if you're comparing it to a savings uh, account with a bank. Or a CD. Correct. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And once again, that rate is pretty much guaranteed. It's a contract between you and the insurance company. Mm -hmm. So it's guaranteed in most situations. Well, and I would imagine like the term policy, um, there are certain circumstances that you could access the death benefit early with the cash value policy. Same, same parameters, same parameters. So terminal illness. Chronic illness, correct. You got it. Critical Mm -hmm. illness. And those are some of the questions you want to ask your agent as you're doing your research. Does the cash value provide a critical illness, chronic illness? So those are the things you have to, you know, have prepared when you talk to a financial uh, insurance agent. Mm-hmm. So as we mentioned, um, we're not giving financial advice, mm-hmm. but in terms of a um, balanced investment portfolio, where would you describe a whole life policy to fit into um, the overall financial plan? I would say it plays a vital role. Because once again, we all know the government is always looking for ways to like stick their hands out. And this provides an alternative where you can have money that grows, have access to it, don't pay any taxes, don't have to worry about Uncle Sam. So once again, it's vital. It's vital. Yeah. And it's been going on for forever, but the general public just didn't know. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of examples of how life insurance has impacted your life. Mm -hmm. Are there any other stories that you want to share on how it has benefited customers that you've worked with or people that you know of that had policies that helped maybe get them out of a jam or saved them from a lot of duress? Well, two, two points on that. That was a good one. I'm always intrigued by like icons or, you know, not not people who are famous, but people who just did some amazing things, whether it be business, sports, or just anything. You, you sit back and say, how do they do that? Because you always want to do some amazing things mm-hmm. as human beings. So I remember shortly after I got into the business, I read a story about J.C. Penney. And I mentioned J.C. Penney because growing up in Philly, there was this certain mall that was like the gallery mall. I'm pretty sure you probably heard of Fresh Prince <laughs> and one of his early records talking about the gallery mall. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a J.C. Penney's there. And another part of Philadelphia, there was always a J.C. Penney. So I would always remember J.C. Penney as a kid. I used to love going to J.C. Oh, Penney. I remember, I'm gonna date myself. <laughs> Go ahead. I remember each year the catalog would come out and I would dog ear the pages of the things that I like. They don't have catalogs no more, do they? That's why I said I'm See? dating myself. So now you're feeling me, right? Yes. Yeah. All right, so this is the deal. So when I got into the business, I read about the story of J.C. Penney. I couldn't believe it. 
So he started his business in the late 20s, and it was a mining goods store, like a little dry goods store for mining families in that area. So here he is in the late 20s, and he, you know, opens up a store for the mining families. So shortly thereafter, there's the Great Depression. So this happens in like the 30s, 1931, 32, and that took the entire country under way more than 2008. Mm -hmm. So everything was shutting down, and he almost lost his business, and he almost lost his health because of the stress. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he sat back and was like, hmm, I have cash value life insurance in the 30s. I have enough money in there where I have access to it. The government's collapsed. Everything's collapsed, but I have access to money that I can get from the insurance company to keep my business afloat. And that's what he did. Wow. And then he went on to build the empire that we know today. That, like, I was like, what? Couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, two iconic examples between Walt Disney and J.C. Penney mm-hmm. utilizing Mm-hmm. Life and insurance. both of them, I believe, were, were with mutual companies. So once again, they had they were with the company when everything was collapsing in the 30s, early 30s. Here he was with a life insurance policy with a reputable company who was still operating. Mm-hmm. When everybody was collapsing, he had that to depend on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. For awesome, awesome. I hope to be back. The time and the education. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, if, if I can help anyone out there um, prevent some of the financial stress that I put myself under, mm-hmm. um, I, I would love to do that. No doubt. And I just okay. want to end on one note. You know, I'm 56, and I was, uh, I'm not going to say brainwashed, but... All that was told to me when it came to retirement was a 401k. I knew about stocks and stuff like that, but the bulk of retirement was going to come from a 401k. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever taught us about cash value, life insurance, and all the other pieces of the pie that we need to have. Mm -hmm. And most people walking around, they think a 401k is going to like sustain them in retirement when taxes are going to go up, inflation is going to go up. The government is always going to have their eyes and their hands out. Mm-hmm. It's never going to end. Well, and no for, no two 401k plans are alike. because Just because you have a 401k plan, it's not necessarily comprised of the same funds that go into that. No, every everyone should be different, but it's still market-based. You still have no control over right. it. Right. And so in 2008, mm-hmm. in 2009, mm-hmm. people that were getting ready to retire, mm-hmm. some people weren't able to do that Mm-mm. because when the market crashed, mm-hmm. their 401k plans took a major haircut. And that affected everybody. I don't know how, I don't care how well-balanced you thought your 401k was, it didn't sustain that hit. Mm-hmm. But if you had a cash value life policy at that time... You could have had a little bit more breathing room. Yeah, because <laughs> that's not going to impact... That's correct. It's not market-based and you're still getting a guaranteed return. Yeah. And the government is not looking for their little hands. So in terms of, you know, one of the things that people say when, when you invest in something, there's always some level of risk. Mm-hmm. What is the level of risk with uh, a, an insurance policy? Getting approved. You got to be healthy. There you go. 
Yeah. That's the risk. It's not guaranteed that you're going to be able to get this. Mm-hmm. You have to go through underwriting. Mm-hmm. And so our biggest competition in this industry is no, no other company. It strictly comes down to insurability. Are the people you're talking to, are they going to be able to go through underwriting in death? Because once you're dead, you can't talk to me. Game's over. Yeah. That's the only competition. Yeah. So um, for people out there who, um, well, before we talk about this. Mm-hmm. You, Great podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You are in the process of getting ready to expand your business. Mm-hmm. You want to talk a little bit about that? and, and... Well, I'm, I'm going to keep that under wraps. Okay. Um, you know, we'll come back and do that on the next podcast. But I'm just trying to. We'll touch back in a few months. There you go. I can just say okay. this. I'm just, uh, I'm in the lab working on improving my game <laughs> and uh once once i'm ready then you know we'll come back and we'll we'll, we'll shut it down yeah fair enough so if that's fair enough <laughs> okay. that's fair enough so if, if people have questions want to talk to you about um just anything looking at their financial picture i get free and advice they're properly insured mm-hmm. what's the best way to get in touch with you i'm old school always a phone call 407 407- 506-7206. I'll say it one more time. 407-506-7206. All right. So I used to live in Orlando, but I'm in Tampa now full time. And we, we love having you here. <laughs> no doubt. OG in the house. Well, thank you so much, no. OG, for your time and for the information. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll be back with that with that breaking news in a couple months, right? Yes. I you look, know what it is. I but look forward to having you <laughs> We can't let everybody else know. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> look forward to having you there back you in go. a couple of months. There you go. Thank you. No, thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear... Be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes. And if you have a show topic that you'd like to share with me or have a real estate related question that you'd like to ask, I'd love to hear it. You can call or text me at 719-201-5022 or you can reach me via email at Nicole at sellingstpetefl.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E at S-E-L-L-I-N-G-S-T-P-E-T-E-F-L.com.